With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. It's a semi-final edition of Fantasy Football Weekly and an Arctic edition. Mm. It's cold weather grips America. We will talk you through all of the matchups for this weekend, all the Saturday games, all the Sunday games, and we'll help you with three tough questions and nine players upon whom you can take a chance. My co-hosts today are Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. Welcome back, Scott. Been a while. Yeah, it's been a little while. I'm I'm glad to be back. Glad I uh, made it here today. Now, I don't do this to you guys very often. Oh, boy. But we're shaking things up. Okay. Tough question number one. Oh, boy. We're getting to the weather right off the bat, baby. Okay. There are six games scheduled to be played at 13 degrees or less. On balance, what is the appropriate level of panic for those affected players? Is it none? Is it some? Or is it? A bowel-loosening level of existential dread. Scott. Level of panic for them as just people being in the no, cold? No, we only care fantasy team. <laughs> okay. No, they got to go freeze. They okay. paid hundreds of thousands and in some cases literally a million dollars or more yep. to yep. play just that game. Yep. They okay. can freeze. Okay. Uh, it's a lot closer to none. Uh, since 2000, and I, I get this David data from uh, an article from CBS earlier this week. Uh, since 2000, total scoring in freezing temp games drops only 1.8 total points 
for the whole game for both teams. Pass yards drop about 34 per game. Rush yards increase by about 17 per game. So on a team level, that's less than a point difference per team. 17 passing yards. You gain about eight or nine rushing yards. Not much difference. The bigger concern is high sustained wins. Uh, I could go into the data on that because that's much more effective. But the cold on its own, not so much. The cold with the wind, however, uh, some of the really, really high wind games, that could cause some. But the cold, I'm going to go with none just on the cold. Okay. Uh, Brian. I don't know how I can add much to that. But uh, I'll put it this way. In terms of this weekend's games, with weather concerns, I've got an A-grade concern in Cleveland where they're taking on the Saints. That is the big one. 30 miles per hour of sustained winds with gusts up to 50 miles per hour. I saw even 60 (laughs) recently. That's That's absurd. Potential 60 mile per hour gusts. There are going to be some hammered people in the stands there. That's the only way you can (laughs) withstand that kind of weather conditions. And And then in Chicago, it's supposed to be like, you know, 25 mile per hour sustained winds. But it's really, it's all about the winds, not the cold. So broadly none, but... For those two games, definitely some for me. Uh, You guys have cracked the code on this. First of all, nice data gathering, Scott. My data was basically identical. It's It's the average median game score of all games over the last three years is 45 points. Mm -hmm. Regardless of where it's played, when it's played, 45 points. These cold weather games under 13 degrees... The average drops all the way down from 45 to 43. Yeah. Not even yep. a field goal difference. There's that 1.8 right there's there. There's the 1.8. That's right. Yep. I'd rounded it to whole numbers for the for the simplicity of our listeners. Um, Wait, are you the, calling our listeners stupid? Is that what? No, that's not what I'm no, saying. No. And <laughs> of course not. So really, almost no panic here. But I also did a carve out on the two wind games, which we're going to mention now. Bills at Bears. Has a 22 estimate. The current forecast: 22 mile per hour per hour winds and that a wind chill of minus 20. Mm-hmm. So we're getting into some serious territory there. The Browns game because it's warmer only has a minus 12 wind chill going. <laughs> only minus 12. Only minus 12. Those those would be some level of concern for those games. But the other ones, I have no concern about. And the reason we're doing this first is because in those matchups, I don't want to spend all of our time in the matchups talking about the weather. Right. I certainly can mention the weather for the Bears, Browns, Chiefs, Steelers, Titans, and Ravens homes game, home games, but we are not freaking out about the weather excepting Bills, Bears, Saints, Browns because of the wind. I, I will drop that, data, that one data point I had there. Since 2000, in games with both 15-plus miles per hour sustained and freezing temps, the score dropped nearly four points. And f- over 50 yards passing down. Do you know what makes your score drop? So there's the a most? little bit of that. Not scoring. Well, is that, or is Zach Wilson is. Zach Wilson, yeah, that'll oh do it. That oh will do it right there. Uh, Garrett Wilson. Oh, man. Uh, Bam Knight, even more. Zach baffling. Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, well, no, Garrett Wilson. Oh, killed oh by, yeah. Killed by killed Zach. By. Yeah. Assassinate. By, by the way, how Zach did, Wilson. How did we not see Evan Ingram coming with both the revenge game and going for an incentive last night? That good point. Well, it was like it's like a revenge game against the stadium because sure. it's the same stadium the Giants play in, but I hear you. I like that angle. The Las Vegas Raiders travel to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a fascinating matchup in a few in a few different ways. The uh the Steelers have been a very good pass defense. The Raiders need Devontae Adams. 
Talk to me about how you see this game shaping up. Sure. Revenge game against the fans, maybe, Brian. I hear it. <laughs> the, the locals. The, yeah. All right. Uh for the on the on the Raiders side here, I have Derek Carr on the bench. I just think it's too tough of a spot for him. Only a few stud star quarterbacks have had multiple scores this year against the Steelers. Most leave the game. Most quarterbacks they face leave the game with one touchdown and low yards. Uh, if <laughs> I will say, Carr has had multiple scores in six last seven, but. Those were much, much better matchups than this. I have him on the bench as well as uh, Mac Hollins I have on the bench because Darren Waller's back, Renfro's mm-hmm. back. Waller really ate into him last week. Um, he did score on that that toe out of bounds. Did he really score a touchdown yeah, last week? But outside of that, we didn't. I know. Outside of that, he really didn't do much last week. And Waller only played 49% of the snaps. He should get that back up to his normal 75 to 90% level this week. Steelers ha- held down Mark Andrews last week, but Huntley was in. Mark Andrews was hurt. I I think Waller's more likely to do kind of like what Jelani Woods did a couple weeks ago and other, uh, you know, 45 to 90 yard tight ends have done. I have a B grade on Waller. I didn't mention Devontae Adams, but I think he's just an automatic A because even in cars, one dud, he had 70 plus yards, you know, like he's just always in your lineup. And then there's Josh Jacobs in the running game. A grade here. 100-plus total yards in six straight, scoring five times and 24-plus touches in all of those uh, six. Uh, also averaging nearly four catches per game in that span, which yeah. which is wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. 20 touchbacks uh, against this team, against the Steelers. Average about 113 yards in a score. Jacobs gets everything, so A grade there on that kind of volume. Uh, over to the other side, I I don't have a lot of starting grades here. Kenny Pickett, I have on the bench. I don't know real, how much I have to go into that. But, all in the playoffs. All right, let's do that. Um, he doesn't even have a multiple-scored game this year. No. He, I think he's got like one or two games over 200 yards. We'll see you Just next one year. Last we'll five. see you next year, Kenny. Deontay Johnson missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. I think he was limited on Friday, but Najee Harris would did a favor for all us fantasy football fans, and he said, don't worry, Deontay's playing. I like that. So, we, that. Thank so thank you, Najee Harris, for that. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I'm giving Deontay Johnson a C grade just on the volume. Mm. Um, uh when Pickett first got the job, he focused on Pickens, but over the last four, it has really shifted both in targets and production to Johnson's side, uh, cumula- uh, culminating last week in a, in a ten plus uh, t- ten plus uh, catch game there. Uh, Johnson's share of the production, yeah. So it's it's a middle of the pack pasty really uh, versus wide receivers, but several other low A dot wide receivers have had have had production against the Raiders, and Rakiusin might miss this game as well. So I got Deontay Johnson with a C. He's He's the only wide receiver, though. You want to call his first touchdown of the year? I'm not going to call it. No. No. Nope. Okay. no. I want to give the opportunity. All right. Uh, no, no, that's that's pretty bold to to call for a picket to throw a touchdown is probably even <laughs> even more even more bold. Pat Fryermuth, I Freermuth, I have a C grade on, averaging five for sixty on over seven targets per game in Pickett's last six starts. Is it fr- Freermuth? It is Freermuth. Oh, yeah, man, we just get it wrong. I know. Time. I know. Now, listen, we we do the best but we can, we, and then yeah. we you know we find out four the, years later. You, you know what the annoying one though is is Chigakonkwu who. There, even the Titans site says Aquanu uh, as the like the pronunciation guide, and they have a video of him saying Aquanku, Aquanku. Well, okay, like, that, that's certainly not our fault at that point. No, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, 
I, I gave a C grade to Firemuth. I think I said what I uh, only three tight ends of top 60 yards against them, against the Steelers or against the uh, Raiders. Uh, and none have scored since Kelsey scored four times. But the volume that he's gotten with Pickett, it, it's worthy of a C. He's gained seven targets a game. Uh, Najee Harris, I have a B grade on. Seven of the last eight lead backs against the Raiders have scored. Seven of the last eight have mm. scored. 11 scores. That's a that's a ridiculous amount. Tip for, of the hat to Najee Harris for reversing a really a terrible yeah, first two early, thirds of the we season. We were telling people like, trade him away, but well, he which really, was the right advice because uh, yep. he stunk up until about Thanksgiving. But since then, he's been much better. Yeah, similar twenty touch type of backs like to to Harris have averaged one hundred and thirty five yards and more than a score per game. As I kind of just said with seven of the last mm-hmm. eight, so I have a B grade on Harris there. Um, and that's it, actually. Okay. I'm, I'm going to leave Jalen Warren on the bench. Uh, yes, certainly. Cincinnati <laughs> taking on uh, the New England Patriots, Brian. Uh, it's been a tough run for Joe Mixon, and it doesn't get any better here. It's not as bad as you would think. Um, yes, Samaj P. Ryan continues to steal touches, but he's only averaging seven touches per game since Mixon's return. Mixon's been averaging 16 since he's come back from injury. And over the Patriots' last three games, Opposing backs have averaged 146 combo oh, wow. yards and two right. total touchdowns. Right. So much more yielding wow. than normal. I've yeah. got I've got a B on Mixon. I'm going to bench P Ryan in the playoffs. You might want to throw a dart at him in daily, but I don't really like that as much either. I do like Nay. Love Jamar Chase per usual. He gets an A. Jonathan Jones is one of the better corners in football and could shadow Chase, but I do not care. Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs both had big games against New England in recent weeks, and those are like the three guys of their own tier yeah. in, in right. wide, wide receiver land. So an A for Chase and an A for T. Higgins. So if odds are Jonathan Jones spends most of his time on Chase, cornerbacks Jack Jones and Jalen Mills are both banged up, questionable to play. So I love Higgins this week. Mm -hmm. The Patriots have surrendered two wide receiver touchdowns in three of their last four games to the Vikings, the Bills, and the Raiders, both both very comparable offensives. So uh, an A for Higgins and a C for Tyler Boyd, who finally caught another touchdown last week against the Bucs. Uh, you can argue this is a better matchup against the Patriots. I like him a lot more in DFS than seasonal, but if you're desperate, he is startable in seasonal format, so a C for Boyd. Over to the tight end, is Mitchell Wilcox startable again? <laughs> well, who I gave a starting it. grade to last week? Well done. That was that was impressive. Um, I'm going to say Hayden Hurst ruled out again, by the way. I'm going to say uh, no in seasonal, but again, another great Daily dart for Mitchell Wilcox, but I'm going to give him a bench grade here. Joe Burrow, an easy A. I'm not going to get into this too much at all. If I'm giving all the receivers a starting grade, basically. Burrow gets an A. Not a lot of starting grades for the Patriots. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I'll give him a B if Damian Harris sits. Mm-hmm. If Harris plays, I'll bump him down to a C. you got to feel bad for those who benched Ramondre Stevenson last me. week. I'll, you know, you, although, can't, you can't blame him. He you had knocked me out of most of my all of my guillotine leagues in which I had him the week before that, but in mm. some of my other leagues, I had I had I had played him. Then he got hurt. Then I didn't play him the next week because I was worried about the matchup and him being hurt. Right. And then he went off last. Of course, week. he went off on just 66 percent of the snaps. I think those numbers go up a little bit, even if Harris comes back. So, again, a B for Stevenson if Harris is out. A C if Harris uh, does return. Jacoby Myers, all the other wide receivers, Mac Jones, they're on the bench. Mm -hmm. Uh, When it comes to the wide receivers, Bengals have surrendered nine touchdowns to the position, fourth fewest, and Mike Hilton should return. As for Mac Jones, he should probably be benched in real life. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why would they not go to ba- – you know, their their season's over. Yeah. Why would the Patriots not get a longer look at Bailey Zappi and see what you got? 
And I just feel so bad for Jacoby Myers, who was put in yeah. such an awkward situation when asked, like, well, why did he put himself in an awkward situation? Kind of. But... Kind of. What do you mean? Well, he threw he, a lateral on did, a punt play to the other team. Why did when when Bill Belichick was asked, why did Mac Jones not throw a Hail Mary? He says he, he can't throw it that far. Well, Who cares? Can't. Well, you still throw it as far as you can. You're not going to try and I don't know that. I feel bad for Jacoby. Stevenson made a heck of a play on that, though. <laughs> anyway, it, but uh, until he threw it backwards I don't know, to Jacoby. Uh, uh, yeah, poor Jacoby. Free agent next year. Put him on a good offense, please. And lastly, I will give Hunter Henry a C in the tight end wasteland. If you are desperate, opposing tight ends are averaging five plus catches and fifty plus yards against the Bengals. So. If you need a tight end, you can go. Everybody needs and a tight end. Everyone needs a tight end. Speaking of tight ends, when we come back, Mark Andrews, what are you going to do with him? If you somehow made it to your semifinals with Mark Andrews, do you start him again and hope for a better outcome, or do you find somebody yeah. else? We'll tell you when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
Welcome back. It's Take a Chance on Me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup. We'll give you some ideas for fresh players you can start. And actually, you know, even though it's the playoffs, injuries, benchings, mm-hmm. all kinds of situations in which you may need somebody unusual to take a rep for you. We begin at the quarterback position. Scott, who you got? Let's get gross, Charge. Let's get real gross here. Real gross. Like, all right. How gross? Like we're talking... Gross. 14 teamers, maybe deeper 12 teamers where people are roster hoarding. Okay. I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. I think it's a good spot for him. All right. The Lions allow the third most pass yards, eighth most pass touchdowns, first most fantasy points, 300 plus and multiple scores and back to back here. Mm. They're constantly in shootouts. Almost every game is a shootout. It feels like this is a game they could actually get ahead in potentially causing Sam Darnold to throw more. Also, seven of the last eight against them, 300 plus total yards, seven of the last eight. That's ridiculous. Darnold's very difficult to start. I know, but he has at least one score in each of the last three in far tougher matchups. Mm. You can't get grosser than Sam Darnold, but <laughs> but I'm giving it to you. It's All a right. possible option if you're really stretched. Okay. Uh, Brian, let's go to your quarterback. I might be able to get a little grosser than Sam Darnold uh, for not too obvious reasons, but we'll get into let's it see. in a second. Russell Wilson. Okay, oh, the Rams. Wow, correct. okay. <laughs> Wilson, who uh, finally looked great uh, before getting knocked out late in the Week 14 game. He missed last week with the concussion that knocked him out in Week 14, but he's full go for his matchup against the Rams, who are beyond deflated at this point. And it's really just all about the motivation factor here. No quarterback is going to be more motivated than Russell Wil- Wilson, who is just one passing touchdown shy of his toilet total. Of 12. You don't For say. those that don't know. Only one shot. 12 toilets in the Wilson household. He only has 11 passing touchdowns. But I predict he throws at least two touchdowns. Wow. To put those pesky toilets in the rearview mirror. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Wait, are, is he going to put the toilets behind him? He's going to flush them. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Straight to hell. I don't know. <laughs> My quarterback is... Tom Brady, which sounds pretty great compared to the guys you just threw out. Yeah. But Tom Brady's got fewer fantasy points this year than Daniel Jones or Jared Goff. So he is take-com worthy. Brady may get elite tackle Tristan Wirfs back for this game. Mm. That would be very handy. The Cardinals were already one of the easiest matchups against the pass, but now cornerback Byron Murphy's been ruled out, and the next three cornerbacks are all questionable. So this could be a passing bonanza for Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and even Cade Otten with a strongly positive matchup. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady. Let's go to the running back position. Scott. I have Devin Singletary. I know people are afraid of James Cook, and he's getting more and more work. He's in the – but Devin Singletary, who was only started in like 44% of leagues last week. James Cook, he he has less than seven touches in three of the last four, despite his, you know, his snap. snap. Snap count increasing like crazy. This is the eighth easiest matchup for backs. Game script should be in their favor, and the Bills are running it more late than they were earlier in the season where they just kept passing. Uh, It's the seventh highest yards per carry at 4.73, a high yards per reception too. So when Devin Singletary does get his touches, he's going to rip them off in chunks. Um, Fourth fourth most rushing scores is just a really good spot. Plus, they did the uh, the, – Bears did hold down the Philly running backs last week, but they gave up 17 rushes for 61 yards and three rushing touchdowns to Hurts. Like, that was a running. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The two games before, Jets had 217 yards in a score, um, and the Packers gave up 100, had 169 in a score. It's just a great spot for Devin Singletary. Keep him in. Brian, your take a chance with me running back. 
I got the Chargers' Joshua Kelly at the Colts in the Monday night hammer game. On the season, the Colts are allowing 144 combo yards and more than a touchdown per game to opposing running backs. But over their last three games, I'm like laughing already looking at this. Indy is allowing 192 combo yards and 2.7 total touchdowns to the position. I know Austin Eckler is the starter, but Eckler only saw 14 touches last week while Kelly got 11. Both scored a touchdown, Mm. and I think both will be more than – Eckler certainly will be serviceable, but I think Kelly can be too. You can start either one of the Colts running backs against the Chargers, but I'm going to back Deion Jackson in this one. Jonathan Taylor, as you know, is out. Um, Zach Moss got more work than Jackson in the last game, but Moss looked bad running at 3.3 yards per carry. Jackson was more effective, plus he catches – and I'm just I'm going with my eyes here. Uh, Deion mm-hmm. Jackson's the better back, and it's a great matchup. In Deion Jackson's four games with double-digit touches, which I think he's easily going to get to the 10-touch mark, Deion Jackson's averaging 76 total yards, and he's got a pair of scores in those four games. Chargers allow the second-most touchdowns, second-most rushing yards, and a league-worst five-and-a-half yards per carry. Mm-hmm. A great opportunity for Deion Jackson. I'm with you on this one. You're Zach Moss. Fan club card has hereby been revoked. It, it has. I, I burned forever. It. I know. Look, I. I'm officially I, the president now. I. I. I was the I vice, was but I was. For, uh, for, uh, I was not exactly right. I'm not, I'm not giving up. Let's over. go to the running back position, Scott. I'll go to the wide receiver position, and I will talk about Thank Gabriel you. Davis. Who it's Gabe Davis week. I'm calling it right now. It's Gabe Davis week. All right. Uh, I know he hasn't topped. He's topped like 40 yards once in the last four weeks, and that's pretty pretty common for him when he doesn't score touchdowns. But he's had at least five targets in all but one game since the bye. Seven wide receiver touchdowns allowed in the last six games to from, by the Bears. Also. The Bills are top or third in explosive plays. The Bears are also bottom five. Um, and also the Bears allow the second highest yards per reception at 14.5. Yeah. And Davis is the deep ball guy. I think this is I think Davis gets his this week. Chicago will be missing their best corner well, their only good cornerback. Uh Jalen Johnson's gonna be out for this game, and uh, his season is done. Yeah. Kendall Vildor, who was bad. And we miss Kendall. You just, you just talked to me about. into it. The yeah. touchdown guarantee, there it is. All right, there Gabe you go, Davis. Gabe Davis, all or touchdown nothing. This, this is an all-game for Gabe Davis. Your receiver, Brian. Now, it's not guaranteed he plays on Sunday, but it sounds like he'll make his return, and that's Cortland Sutton, who I'm going to pair with uh, toilet boy Russell Wilson uh, at the Rams, who are allowing 160 yards per game to wide receivers. That is the 10th most. And, yeah, Sutton. Every time we give you a new button charge. Oh, I got to use it a bunch. It's got to be the extended version, too. I love it. Uh, Sutton should see plenty of coverage from Jalen Ramsey, but who cares? Ramsey has surrendered the second most touchdowns among cornerbacks with seven. I think he's fallen off that Josh Norman cliff <laughs> that we right. saw a few Remember years that? ago. Yeah. And by the way, this weekend, the anniversary of the, the Josh Norman, uh, Taylor Luan scuffle. I don't know if mm-hmm. you recall this after the end of a Titans Washington team game. Nah, not anyway, good. it reminded it was like this going to happen to Jalen Ramsey. Cortland Sutton is going to have a good game if he plays. Uh, I've got Marquise Goodwin going up against the Chiefs. Tyler Lockett is out. Uh, Goodwin finds himself in the number two receiver role uh, for Seattle. Goodwin is of course not Lockett, but he's got a good chance to produce in a plus matchup over the last uh, the last three competent passing attacks to face Kansas City, and I think. Seattle counts as competent with Geno Smith. Sure. Uh, they've produced two receivers with at least 60 yards. Goodwin, of, of course, is all about the speed. He's got the you know track, literal track star speed. And the cornerbacks for 
the Chiefs are universally pretty slow, including cornerback Joshua Williams, who runs a 4-5. Uh, over the last five weeks, Williams has allowed a near-passer, perfect passer rating of 152 in his coverage, and he's the guy that's slated to see the most of Marquise Goodwin, one of my favorite sneaky plays of the week. Falcons take on the Baltimore Ravens. I don't have a lot to talk about on the Falcons side. The only starting grade I've got is for Tyler Algier coming off a 130-yard game. But I don't love his chances against a fantastic Ravens run defense. Over the last four games, he has topped 52 yards in each game. But Baltimore has emerged as arguably the NFL's best run defense, giving up just 61 rushing yards in total per game since the Roquan Smith acquisition Algier has to split 61 yards with Cordero Patterson and Chet Huntley. So he is just a dart throw player. Oh, man, that one, too. Man, these new ones. I love the dart throw. By the way, Tyler Algier has already been knocked out of the league. I I have no inside info here. That's good to know. Cordero Patterson is on the bench, usually finds his way to 50-ish yards, but he doesn't catch or have predictable scoring, and the matchup's brutal. He's out. The entire passing game is dead. Desmond Ritter just came off a 97-yard passing game, and this is a solid Ravens pass defense. You're not going to start any of those guys. Nope. Uh, All right, let's go to the Baltimore side. What to do with Mark Andrews? Uh, A possible bounce back coming here. Falcons are bottom six in targets, receptions, and yards allowed to tight ends, giving up over 65 yards in back-to-back games to the position, along with four touchdowns over the last three games to tight ends. The Falcons have avoided most of the really good tight ends this year, but the ones they've faced, Kittle and Joku, Fryermuth, all surpassed 70 receiving yards. I just I want to believe in Mark Andrews. I want to believe that uh, Tyler Huntley's going to be okay here. So mm. I'm going to give him a B grade and just let's hope that everybody that's made it this far on the meager output of Mark Andrews gets rewarded here in a very favorable matchup. The only other starting grade for the entire Ravens team is J.K. Dobbins. Over his last two games, averaging 123 rushing yards on eight yards per carry. He'll have a good opportunity to keep it going against the tanking Falcons, allowing the 11th most rushing yards. They've allowed resurgent performances to struggling running backs in three straight games, including Brian Robinson, Najee Harris, and Alvin Kamara, who averaged 93 rushing yards per game. J.K. Dobbins, a B grade in this one. I can't give any of you the rest of the passing game a starting grade, and you wouldn't even think about starting him anyway. And Gus Edwards is also on the bench. He only played. He's only playing 32 snaps per game. No, 32 snaps total in the two games since J.K. Dobbins returned. That's just not enough volume. 16 no. touches a game nope. is not enough volume mm. to start anybody in the fantasy playoffs. Let's see here. Do I want to get? Yeah, let's work in one more matchup. Okay. Uh, Detroit Lions to Carolina Panthers. Scott, Detroit's uh, offense has slowed considerably over the last couple of weeks. What do you think about a game that's going to be surprisingly cold? I wouldn't call it necessarily a cold weather game, but they're talking about wind chills under freezing in Carolina. Yeah, it's it's weird for that area. It, is. it happens. It happens. Uh, I do have a B grade on Goff, though. The Panthers have been pretty decent against QB. The highest yardage they allowed over the last month and a half was 265. But uh, most of those quarterbacks are guys like Trubisky and Russell Wilson and Mariota twice and stuff. So it's yeah, <laughs> it's not exactly a murderer's row of quarterbacks. Goff is coming off his worst game over the last month, and even in, even that even in that it wasn't that bad. He had three. 
300 plus and or multiple scores in three straight before the 252 and one last week against a very stout Jets secondary. So um, I'm giving B grade to, to Jared Goff. I think Amon Ra is an auto A, but do I need to go into it? Do I need to go into Amon? Why you should start Amon Ra St. Brown almost every week? Well, I mean, given what he's done the last few weeks, almost nothing. Yeah. Uh, he still gets a ton of volume. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of volume. I suppose you you need more scores. He doesn't get a lot of yards with that volume. But Panthers are eight worst, eighth worst against wide receivers. Deontay Johnson, who kind of compares okay with Amon Ross St. No, Brown, doesn't. with with all the the high volume and the low yardage, low A dot. I think that's fair. Some guy had um, seven for like seventy last week against the Jets. 10 for 98 for uh, Deontay last week. Amon Ra's on a better offense. Gets more volume than that on average. Better player. Panthers ninth worst against the slot where Amon Ra sometimes goes. A lot of the time goes. Uh, I still have an A grade on Amon Ra. I do have DJ Chark on the bench. I have all of them on the bench, actually, but the rest of the passing game. But DJ Chark will probably get J.C. Horn, so don't even, don't even consider it. J.C. Horn, by the way, he's defensive rookie of the year. Do you think? Maybe? Well, he's second-year player because he oh. lost last year with the injury. Oh, that's oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. he is he has he has made good on the first-round pick the Panthers put right, him last right. year. J.C. Brown's J.C. Yes, Horn's good. J.C. Horn's good. Yeah, uh, Jamal Lewis or Jamal Jamal Lewis back in the league. Uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. I actually have C grades on both of them. Justin Jackson isn't going away. He's sucking out five, six, seven touches, which is really annoying. But Williams is always the best bet to score and gets the majority of the volume. The split has been pretty 50-50 the last three weeks between them. Mm-hmm. Swift gets the receiving work with an average of four per game over the last five. Panthers middle of the pack, but 13-plus touch guys, which both Swift and Jamal Williams have been um, recently. The 13-plus touch guys, 86 yards, 92 yards, 211 yards, 91 yards, 85 yards. They're all getting tons and tons of volume against this defense. So I think it's just enough for a possible touchdown of Jamal. Pass game workout of Swift to get them both in your starting lineup. Lower flexes. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, Let's take this opportunity to take a break. I think it's that time. Uh, When we come back. Yeah. I need to do the other side, actually. Was, that's why you caught me off guard. I'm like, uh-oh, I <laughs> too much, it. Too much of a pause. Let's... Hold the music. Kill the music. Kill the music. Sam right. Darnold, my court, take a chance on me quarterback. Full DJ... start offense. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Moore, C grade, uh, scored last week, bringing his season total to five for the first time in his career. Wow. He's never gotten more than four. This is one game after a goose egg, but he does have 15 targets in the last three Darnold games, which is more than twice of any other Panther. It's a matchup against a bottom three D versus wide receivers, allowing the most yards and third most receptions to wide receivers. I lean towards those types of stats instead of the goose egg. I do have the rest of the players for the Panthers on the bench. Hubbard and Foreman, they're splitting. It's losing work to Chuba now. The Lions has turned awesome. I know. I was I was just going there. It's been great recently. Only two running back scores in the last seven games and only one running back over 60 yards. And it's about three and a half yards per carry. No backs over 20 receiving yards. Yeah. So yeah. you're benching all of the receivers and, and running backs there. Hey, how about let's do it now. Right now? Let's do it now. Fantastic. Run that track back. <laughs> yeah. When we come back, uh, Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans. Obviously, they're starting Derrick Henry. Is there anybody else? to start in the entire game between the Texans and the Titans. Find out when we come back for another segment of Fantasy Football Weekly.
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly Semi-Finals Arctic Edition. Here to help you get a playoff win. It's a block of matchups in this segment, beginning with the New Orleans Saints taking on the Cleveland Browns. And Brian, this is a cold weather game. Alvin Kamara has been a grade A disaster so far this year. Arguably the worst first round draft pick you could have made if he would have just snapped his femur in week one, it would have been a lot better for his fantasy owners, honestly. I know. It's been a brutal year, but hopefully he makes up for it if you happen to be alive and are able to start yeah. Alvin and Kamara the, in a meaningful game. That's Bob. the trick, isn't it? It is. But I'm going to give him an A here. Uh, over the last six games, the Browns have allowed nine different running nine backs times. to rush nine for at least times. 64 yards or a touchdown. And uh, really, Alvin Kamara is the only viable back on the Saints. I'm sorry, David Johnson. It is awesome to see David Johnson playing football again, though, by the way. But Cleveland should be without Jadavion Clowney. That's big for Kamara. And Cleveland also allowing more than five catches per game to opposing running backs. So, again, A grade for Alvin Kamara. All the wide receivers are on the bench for New Orleans. Chris Olave has been ruled out. Jarvis Landry, no revenge game for him. He's ruled out. Not like you're going to start him anyway. I like Rashid Shaheed. I do, too. But, I do. You know, again, this is My the game with the, the 30 mile per hour sustained winds and 50 mile per hour gusts. Yeah, that's, and, that's a pretty big yeah. X factor. And Andy Dalton is the quarterback who, who's on the bench, by the way. But who you're not going to bench are both the tight ends for the Saints. Juwan Johnson and Taysom Hill. I'm going to give both a C. Starting with Johnson. If you take out the Saints blowout win against the Raiders, that was the one good Alvin Kamara game all season. When well, he, it, why would I take out a blowout win? Because they weren't throwing the ball oh. when it all pertains right. to Juwan Johnson. I suppose. I mean, they needed the points to get all right, to you're, the ball. You're ruining this, okay. right. Charge. Just Sorry, be quiet for a second. And then... <laughs> 
There was the blowout loss to the 49ers where Juwan Johnson only played 45% of the snaps. I think he was injured in that game because he missed the following mm-hmm. game. But if you count his last five regular or normal games, <laughs> he has scored seven touchdowns in those games. And if you extrapolate his stats from those five games <laughs> across a full season, season okay. Juwan Johnson would have 81 catches. For 790 yards, which is pretty good that for a tight good. end, yeah. but 24 touchdowns. Yeah, very good. So, right, I don't know. Jawan Johnson, if you can somehow add him you know, as a dynasty stash, he's a very intriguing player going into next year. He's tight end seven right now in standard formats. Yeah, at the end of the crazy. year, it's going to be very weird with Ingram and Jawan yeah. Johnson, all these nobodies but, that but, are littered in the top ten tight ends. But the Browns, not a great matchup for Johnson. They've allowed just two tight end touchdowns all year, but with all the issues at wide receiver – and you kind of think it's going to be intermediate passing this one. I'm going to give Johnson the C, and the same for Taysom Hill. It's almost impossible to predict a Taysom Hill game, but this kind of feels like this a This might game be the most predictable yeah, this of feels them. Like it feels like a Taysom Hill game. Taysom Hill game where he'll certainly get some carries and who knows, some uh, some cheap pass yards. But uh, speaking of cheap pass yards, Andy Dalton, that's all he gets. He's on the bench. <laughs> um, over to the Brown side, Nick Chubb, like him here, he gets a B. Has been dealing with a foot issue, but he's off the injury report entirely. We know they're going to run, both teams are going to run the ball a lot uh, in these windy conditions. Uh, the Saints have allowed the eighth most rushing yards to running backs on the season. And over the last two games, they've surrendered two touchdowns to the position. That's why I'll give Kareem Hunt a C, only in PPR, though. Hunt's touches have dipped over the last two weeks, but I think he sees more in this game because of the wind. The Saints are also allowing five catches per game to running backs. Yeah, you know, Kareem Hunt isn't catching like They don't throw to him enough. He's free. One of the probably... 10 or 12 best pass catching backs in the NFL. He needs more than like the two and a half catches a game. He averages. He does. It's been a down year for him as well, but I don't know. It's just I, I, the running backs are going to be leaned on more in this game. Running back slash Taysom Hill. So I will give C uh, Kareem Hunt a C in PPR. I'm benching Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones though. Cooper has been dealing with a hip injury and hasn't scored in four straight games. Mm. The saints have allowed just one wide receiver over their last three and could finally be getting back Marshawn Lattimore, their top cornerback this week. So I've, I've got both Cooper and Peoples-Jones on the bench, again, in these brutal wins. And uh, David Njoku on the bench as well. The Saints are the top-ranked defense against tight ends, allowing just three-and-a-half catches, 32 yards per game to the position, and only two total touchdowns all year to tight ends. And lastly, Brown's quarterback also on the bench. Yeah. You do not trust in him in many situations, but mainly this game. <laughs> Giants are taking on the Minnesota Vikings in what could be a high-scoring game, maybe more so on the Vikings side, but we'll start with the Giants. Saquon Barkley is the bulk of the Giants' offense, and I don't love this matchup. He's been at 3.9 yards per carry, or worse, in five of the last seven games. And the Vikings allow just 3.7 yards per carry on the whole season. Only one back is at 90 rushing yards all year. Minnesota ranks number two in run defense by pro football focus. That's all bad news for Barkley. Your glimmer of hope is that he's a very good pass catcher and the Vikings are bottom six in receptions and receiving yards to runners. So Barkley will chip in enough through the air to keep him at a B grade here. We'll hope for a touchdown. If there's one touchdown to be had for the Giants, it's most likely going to Saquon Barkley. The rest of the passing game ain't great, but I think we can put a C grade on Daniel Jones, largely because of what he's going to do on the ground, but we'll start with through the air. The Vikings have the league's worst pass defense by yardage, but I don't know that Daniel Jones is necessarily going to take advantage of that. He's averaging just 192 passing yards per game. That's fifth lowest among all starting quarterbacks. 
He's averaging 0.8 passing touchdowns per game. That's it. And I don't really like any of his starting receivers very much. So, yeah, just a C grade on Daniel Jones. But the Vikings have faced three mobile quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, and Josh Allen. They all topped 47 rushing yards. And if I'm the Giants, I'm running Daniel Jones in this game. That could mm-hmm. be the X factor in a game that otherwise does not match up well. Darius Slayton, I originally had a bench grade on. I think I moved him up to a C. Over the last five weeks, Minnesota's allowing the fourth most receptions and second most yards per game to opposing wideouts. At least one receiver has logged 60 yards against the Vikings in all but three games this year. So I think Slayton finds himself if to a decent game here. And if Daniel Jones is going to throw one touchdown, I would guess it's going to be Darius Slayton. Uh, Richie James is runs in the slot against the increasingly solid Chandon Sullivan. He hasn't allowed a touchdown since week two. He's held opposing receivers to 33 or fewer yards in five straight, so we're not starting Richie James. Let's go to the Vikings side. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson are obvious A's, and I'm only going to add this. The Giants are bottom six in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns allowed to running backs. That's going to be a very plus matchup for Dalvin Cook in a way maybe we haven't seen most of the rest of this year. I've also got starting grades on the receivers here. Adam Thielen has got a B grade, which I haven't given him a lot of B grades. I like him here. Since Adoree Jackson's injury in Week 10, the Giants have allowed at least 60 yards to multiple receivers in every one of those games since Week 10. And if we're going to have a second receiver gets to 60 yards, Thielen's the most likely one to get it. Opposing number two receivers have scored touchdowns on the Giants in three consecutive weeks, and Thielen has scored in three of the last four weeks. So I like Thielen here. B grade. K.J. Osborne coming off a career game, and he'll face off against one of the league's worst Slot cornerbacks, Darnay Holmes. Holmes owns a PFF ranking as quarterback, cornerback, 125. You probably didn't think there were 125 cornerbacks in the league. That sounds like last place. Over the, It's uh, like fourth from last. Uh, over the past six games, Holmes has allowed 77% of the passes in his coverage to be completed. We'll go with a C grade on K.J. Osborne. C grade on T.J. Hawkinson. Just one touchdown since joining the Vikings, but he is averaging a solid six catches for 48 yards. And that's 11 points from your tight end, which around this time of year is pretty darn great. The Giants are an average tight end defense, but there is opportunity against New York's linebacker duo of Jalen Smith and Micah McFadden, who allow a catch rate over 80%. Uh, if Hawkinson scored more, I'd give him a B, but we're just going to put the C because he has only the one touchdown since coming to Minnesota. And with all those positive grades for the receivers, obviously I like Kirk Cousins here. Um, Cousins comes into this game as the league's hottest passer with two game totals of 885 passing yards and six touchdowns, and those games came against far tougher secondaries than the one New York brings to U.S. Bank Stadium, a B grade for Kirk Cousins. Our final matchup of this segment is the Houston Texans taking on the uh, Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry is an obvious A. Yep. I'm, my question to you is, is there anybody else to start between these two teams? Well, you're not even going to mention about going, that Derrick Henry's going for his fifth straight 200-plus yard multi-touchdown game against Houston. Why? No, just, I'm not. Just impressive. Uh, I have nobody else starting for the Tennessee Titans in this one, uh, going against a Houston defense that has been pretty good against the pass, but mostly because teams just run all over them all day. Malik Willis did not look good in his first two starts, 55 yards and 85 yards. Mm -hmm. Burks should play. He's, you know, out of the protocol and whatnot. He's supposed to play, but with that low volume, you can't trust Chiga Kwanku either, Um, especially with him splitting snaps with Austin Hooper and, 
and and whatnot. Uh, let's go over to the Texans side, though. I have an A grade on Henry, obviously. Uh, Davis Mills, I have a C grade on. Eight quarterbacks. Really? Yeah. Wow. Eight, All right. eight quarterbacks. I like it. Eight Why wasn't this your take a chance on me quarterback? I thought about you it. You were but very I, reluctant on w- Sam Darnold. I wanted to get grosser. <laughs> <laughs> he actually Davis Mills Congratulations, you da- did. Davis Mills almost was my take a chance on me quarterback. Uh he was the run the one A. <laughs> eight quarterbacks. Eight quarterbacks have three hundred plus yards against the Titans this year. Eight quarterbacks had multiple scores over the last three. The Titans have allowed eight QB scores and an average of over three hundred and fifty yards per game. Mm. Their pass defense is really starting to let it up as six point underdogs that no one can run on. No one can run on the Titans. They're going the Houston Texans are going to have to pass. And without Damian Pierce, once again, they're going to have to pass a lot yeah. more. So Davis Mills, I have a C grade on. I guarantee Davis Mills has more touchdowns and toilets in his house. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why I use the, the toilet sounder for him. but uh... yeah, And Mills is coming off a three-score game himself, by the way. Three scores last week, one rushing. Yeah. Uh, that was Nick... supposed to go to Jeff Driscoll, by the way. That was sickening. <laughs> the Yahoo hack. Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks will be back for this one. He's practicing in full now. I got a C grade on him and a C grade on Chris Moore, who's been a highlight the last few weeks. The last time Moore and Cooks played and Nico Collins didn't, who is now on IR, Chris Moore had a goose egg, but <laughs> he's been getting much a much higher percentage of snaps and targets and whatnot since. I have C grades on both of them against the Titans D that is bottom three against wide receivers, allowing the second most receptions, third most yards, fourth most touch. It's just a good spot for them. Uh, five wide receivers in the last three games have 65 plus yards and or a score. I think it could be both of them this week. Uh, the running game's on the bench. Nobody can run against the Titans and they're splitting work. I... Aikens, Jordan Aikens, I have a C grade on him. He's scored in two of the last three. His yardage isn't there, but the Titans are allowing the third most receptions and second most yards, 12th most scores to tight ends, and they've allowed 20 catches to tight ends in just the last two weeks. Jeez. I, I think it's an okay spot for him, so C grade on Jordan Aikens, and right, that's it that's, for that matchup. Well, that sounds like a uh, DFS play. It's really right a dart Jordan throw. It, that, that I'll is. let you play the dart throw on one of my matchups right, for thank that. You. That's, that's worth it right there. Yeah. Uh, the email box has, uh, has this question is coming to our email box. Uh, I started, I started Garrett Wilson on Thursday. What should I do to give myself a chance in my guillotine leans, uh, league signed Paul C. <laughs> Paul C. Oh, <laughs> you know what to do. Paul C. Uh, you just gotta, you gotta go for the, against the grain in guillotine leagues. You, you pair a quarterback with a wide receiver, maybe even a quarterback, with two wide receivers. Try, try a stack. Yeah. Try to stack something. You just got to go for the, the higher upside guys and not the safe plays. No so. safety. Oh, man. Uh, Guillotine. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's a brutal situation. When we come back, hour number two, three tough questions, which is down to two tough questions. We already had one of our tough questions. You'll get two tough questions when we come back. You can play along, see if you can go 2-0 and oh against our panel of experts when Fantasy Football Weekly continues. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back. Hour number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. This is a game we call Two Tough Questions. Tough question number two. We already did tough question number one earlier in the show about the weather. We encourage you to listen back to that if you've missed any part of it. You can do that with the podcast, by the way. Fantasy Football Weekly, available everywhere. You get your podcasts. Tough question number two. How much does the return of Khalil Herbert affect David Montgomery, a lot, a little, or none at all. For this one, we begin with Brian Johnson. It's, it's, I'm going to go with a little. It's, it's a little at minimum because when they've both been playing, it's been like a 50-50 split, and Herbert is the better back, or is on paper is the better back. Eye test looks like the better back than David yeah. Montgomery. The only reason I think I'm the not, stats show it too. The stats <laughs> definitely show it. The only reason I'm not going a lot is because – Montgomery's a free agent after this year, and I think the Bears really like Herbert, so I think they're just kind of going to grind Montgomery into the hmm. ground a little more than Herbert. So hmm. certainly some cause for concern, but I'm just going to go with a little and not a lot just for that gut feel. Okay. Scott, how much does the return of Bears running back Khalil Herbert affect David Montgomery? I do like that that thought process there from Brian. I, I actually had it a lot because I think he – it sounds like he's fully healthy. It sounds like he is ready to go. Full practices this week. He's he's ready to split work again. As Brian mentioned, he was splitting work before, and he did look like the better back. The reason I say a lot is because they get the Buffalo Bills this week, and I have bench grades on them both due to that split. Yeah. And if it's enough to put him on your fantasy benches for this week and yeah. possibly – be on your bench again next week. It's a lot in that he's no longer a fantasy starting back. So that that was my that was where I went with it. Okay. So your official answer is a lot cuz I don't think he's startable anymore. Objectively, Khalil Herbert is the better back. He averages 6 yards per carry. Khalil Herbert ranks number 1 in rushing efficiency by Next Gen Stats. He chips in 80 yards per game. Those are all better metrics than Montgomery when they had a shared backfield. 
So how bad is it for Monty? It's bad. In shared games, David Montgomery's yardage, touchdowns, and fantasy points drop roughly in half. Mm -hmm. Monty had four touchdowns in his four games without Herbert. He had two touchdowns the entire rest of the year with Herbert playing. Now, Herbert comes in with fresh legs in December. That's valuable. Uh, Herbert could bring some juice to the running game that Monty can't. Now, I think Brian's Brian's thinking there I think there is a little bit of validity to that. There, you know, they could just decide Herbert's our running back of the future. We're just gonna grind up Monty the rest yeah, of the way in these final that, final meaningless games. But overall, this really materially changes the output for David Montgomery. And the correct answer is a lot. Tough question number three. By the, by the way, David Montgomery didn't even top 80 yards in any of the game, 80 total yards in any of the games Herbert was out. He did nothing to keep that job. No. Tough question number three. It's the playoffs. So broadly, do you go with the guys that got you here or you play in the matchups? Let's go to Scott Fish. Yes to both. <laughs> <laughs> you cheater. I mean, this, this is, is a, really this an either or this, question. This is really a question of how deep is your team and how many players do you start? I mean, the deeper you are, the more you're going to analyze the matchups. Like if you're, but if you're, you're running through fumes right now with all the injuries and whatnot. You're probably starting your best uh, total lineup. Uh, for me, it's it's really a combo. It's I guess you say broadly. Um, so broadly, I guess I'm analyzing the matchups, but it's mostly it's mostly the guys that brought you there that because they're the ones performing right now. Brian, it's the playoffs. Do you go with the guys that got you here, or do you play the matchups? When I, when I think broadly, when it comes to this question, it's not including Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson. There's like eight to ten guys, like first rounders, you playing regardless of matchup, weather, yeah. whatever. Next but, year's first rounders, yes. But, but but broadly, you know, earlier in the show, I said you're benching Amari Cooper. He probably helped you get to the playoffs because of matchup mm. and conditions. So I, broadly, you got to take a good look at the matchups and, of course, injury, injuries, weather in some cases. Yeah. So uh, broadly, I will say... Yeah, you got to analyze the matchups and what's going on in the current week. I wrote this because I saw dozens of tweets over the last week that say something to the effect of, oh, "Don't get cute with your playoff lineups. Don't you know, don't mm. don't outsmart yourself. How will you live with yourself all off season if you don't start the guys who got you here?" That is crap. The NFL is never static. It is a perpetually changing machine with teams and players constantly reinventing themselves, sometimes for the better, sometimes not. Players are always changing. Defenses are always changing. The guys who helped you get here might have been a lock at Labor Day or Halloween or Thanksgiving or Arbor Day or Columbus Day. That doesn't mean they are now. The track record doesn't mean anything for this weekend. The track record isn't going to break a tackle. The track record isn't going to land a stiff arm. The track record isn't going to dive for a pylon. You have to be always looking at all of the emergent trends that are happening to make every single week unique. And that means playing the matchups. A great example of a player in recent weeks who has powered teams to the playoffs, most likely, including last week when he scored three touchdowns, was Zay Jones. Yeah who had an awful matchup on Thursday night, bad weather, and yep. you and all know what happens exactly there. Exactly to that. Look at the lot. We talked earlier about the Lions emerging run defense. They've become arguably the best run defense in the NFL over mm -hmm. the last five yeah. or six yep. weeks. And nobody, you know, if you don't account for that, you deserve the loss you're going to get. Right.
back to the matchups. Brian, Washington taking on San Francisco. I loved this as a smash spot for Brian Robinson last week. Another great example. Uh, I got him on the bench. All right, so now this week, what are you doing with him in a brutal matchup? Nothing, apparently. The most brutal of matchups for running backs uh, against the Niners. I got Robinson on the bench. San Francisco is allowing 57 rushing yards per game to running backs, just 91 combo yards per game. They've surrendered five total touchdowns to the position. And on the season, the 49ers have allowed two rushes of 20-plus yards. Two. That's crazy. Obviously wow. the that fewest is, in the NFL. Wow. <laughs> so, Jeez. It's yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And that, the Niners have given up two runs of more than 20 that yards. That doesn't seem like, wow. So Robinson on the bench, clearly Antonio Gibson on the bench. I will give Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, and Johan Dotson a C. Like most teams who have been up against San Francisco all year, Washington will be forced to throw here. And over the last five weeks, the 49ers have allowed the third most receptions and the fourth most yards per game to wide receivers. Ten opposing wide receivers have seen eight or more targets over that same span. So McLaurin, Dotson, I will give them a C grade. Logan Thomas, definitely not getting a C grade. He's on the bench. He's had just two games where he's been worthy of a start all season. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was kind of no. like a, a sleepy. Nobody's seat. starting him here. No, definitely not. And you're not starting Taylor Heineke. He's on the bench. Uh, over to the 49ers side, Christian McCaffrey, of course, is not on the bench. He gets an A. It is a, a tough matchup for McCaffrey on paper, as Washington is allowing the third fewest combo yards per game to running backs, just 105. That said, CMC is not like most backs. And over the Commanders' last two games, both against the Giants, by the way, we talked about this on the show yeah. last week. It was Giants by Giants. Saquon Barkley scored in both of those games, and last week he topped 100 combo yards, and McCaffrey can certainly do the same on the uh, I'm sorry, at home against Washington. Debo Samuel, he's not going to play, so he's obviously on the bench. As is Brandon Ayuk, just two catches in each of Brock Purdy's two starts. And since week three, Justin Jefferson is the only wide receiver to top 100 yards against the Commanders. Mm-hmm. So you can't trust Ayuk here. Nope. I will trust George Kittle in the tight end wasteland. I'll give him a B. It's kind of a soft B here. The Commanders have been tough against tight ends all season, surrendering, surrendering the second-fewest receptions and the fewest yards to the position. But Washington has also allowed – I'm sorry, Washington, Washington has also only allowed three tight end touchdowns, but two of them went to the very comparable Dallas Goddard in separate games each time they faced the Eagles. So I think Kittle could replicate Goddard's success. He gets a B. but uh, And Brock Birdie. Somewhat questionable. I think he'll play, but you're not going to start Brock Purdy. It's a very it, tough matchup. It, the Commanders have three games of tape on him, and we have we see where first start rookies or young quarterbacks will get about three games in, and now defenses have got have figured out what you can and can't do, and they take away what you do naturally. Yeah. San Fran's going to play great defense and just feed McCaffrey. Jordan Mason borderline take a chance on me player, but uh, he doesn't have, this it's match, a tough match. Nah, you're right. Yeah, I take that it's back. It's just the matchup. I and think, I he's, like look, I think he's looked pretty decent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think he's, I think yeah. he's more than decent, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Seattle takes on, on Kansas City. This is a weather game. Seven degrees, only 10 degree, a 10 mile per hour winds, but that still ends up equaling an estimated kickoff of minus five degrees uh, is wind chill. So it's a it is a chilly game, but we're not panicking, and I'm not changing grades really on anybody here. Uh, I already mentioned earlier, Marquise Goodwin might take a chance on me wide receiver, but also like DK Metcalf. Without Lockett, he's going to get a lot of looks in this game. Over the last five weeks, the Chiefs have allowed one and a half touchdowns per game to opposing wideouts, fifth most. Cornerback Joshua Williams has been dreadful over that span. 
Uh, he's allowing the fourth most yards of any corner. He's given up three scores. Uh, rookie quarterback Trent McDuffie's improved a lot, uh, but on the whole, this is a very plus matchup for Metcalf, and the wind is not going to really be much of a factor. So I still like Metcalf with a B grade in this game. Geno Smith comes in with a B grade. Here's a complete list of quarterbacks who have failed to throw multiple touchdowns against the Chiefs. Malik Willis okay. and Bryce Perkins. Yeah, That's it. That is your list of quarterbacks who have not thrown multiple touchdowns. You're going to get two out of Geno Smith here, I believe. If you take away two brutal matchups against the Niners, Geno Smith has been one of the league's most bankable fantasy quarterbacks. In his non-Niners games, Smith averaging a very healthy 270 yards and two touchdowns per game. And he's going to give you about that here. Back to Metcalf really quick. We got a spite game alert. Oh, the what Chiefs is that? selected Nicole Hardman ahead of DK Metcalf, Metcalf oh, in the 2019 draft. Brutal decision. Well, it, listen to this, though. The, the, there were three other receivers taken before Metcalf after Michael Hardman. J.J. Arthega, Whiteside, oh. Paris Campbell, and Andy Isabella. Wow. <laughs> Man, those guys have combined career for, I don't know, maybe I, 800 yards. I remember when when that, that draft class, I remember you and I talking about DK being our one or two. In that draft that class, crazy? I remember sitting yep. in your little office talking yep. about that, and then he got passed by all those guys, apparently, in the draft. And, and it was close. Harbin, remember the cone drill? Oh, it's cone drill. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. You can't draft DK Metcalf. Oh, no, the three cone. But it, that was starting Hardman. Pick 56, 57, Whiteside, 59 was Campbell, 62, Isabella, 64 was Metcalf. It was like wow. bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And now, that wasn't the same there. draft where the Chiefs uh, made the epic blunder of taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire. No, Jonathan no. Taylor, was it? I don't think it? so. Not no. the same draft? That no. was the next year they made that blunder. All right. Let's finish out the Seattle side of this with Kenneth Walker. Uh, by the way, banged up, so be sure to check, double-check his status. They elevated a couple of practice squad players late in the week, which adds to some of my concern on Kenneth Walker here, mm-hmm. who has failed to top 3.9 yards per carry in four of the last five games. He's failed to top 47 rushing yards in four straight. And to be clear, I still think Kenneth Walker is a very good player, but he's playing hurt and the offensive line's awful against the run, particularly, uh, or for the run. Kansas City's a good run defense, much better than against the pass. They're the sixth best in rushing yards allowed at only 80 per game. Chiefs give up plenty of aerial production, permitting the most receptions and the second most receiving yards. But the problem is Walker doesn't catch much. So you really can't rely on him to help you there. I've only got the C grade on Kenneth Walker. And again, be sure to check his uh, injury status throughout this game. Let's go to the Kansas City side. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are obvious A's, and they're my number one ranked players at their respective positions. Let's talk about some of the other players we're looking to start. Jarek McKinnon, amazing call by Matt Harrison Harrison. three shows ago, urging people to pick up and start Jarek McKinnon and highlighting the series of easy matchups that he has so far feasted on. Over his last three games, he's averaging 14 touches, almost half through the air, by the way, of those 14. 105 yards and 1.3 touchdowns per game. Jarek McKinnon, he should have no problem keeping it going against the Seahawks, allowing both the fourth most rushing yards and the fourth most receiving yards to opposing backs. B grade on Jarek McKinnon. B grade on Isaiah Pacheco. Six straight games of double-digit carries, averaging a stellar 5.1 yards per carry over that span. Excellent matchup against the Seahawks team, allowing the fourth most rushing yards, the third most touchdowns to opposing running backs, and even worse lately, over the last five games, allowing 172 rushing yards per game and almost two touchdowns per game to running backs. Both would be league worsts 
over the course of the full season. Pacheco, B grade. Mm -hmm. The only other starting grade and the only other player you care about is Juju Smith-Schuster. He has commanded double-digit targets in back-to-back games, and he's averaged a respectable 81 yards with one score in that span. Seattle's pass defense has been good all year and absolutely dominating against a series of backup quarterbacks of late. Over the past three games, no receiver has topped 48 yards, and only Shai Smith has scored against Seattle. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is way better than those guys. Other than elite receivers, the likes of Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, Mike Williams, no wideouts really getting much of anything done against Seattle. And Juju Smith-Schuster simply isn't at their level. So I've just got the C grade on Juju Smith-Schuster. When we come back, another big block of matchups for you. Buffalo taking on the Bills in a cold-weather, windy game. Lots of injuries on the Bills side. We'll talk you through the offensively and defensively on the uh, the Bears side. I said Bills on the Bears side. We'll talk you through that game and what to expect when we come back. Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Football Weekly, a frigid Arctic semi-finals edition. The coldest of the many cold games will be in Chicago with wind chill temperatures expected to be negative 22 at kickoff in mm-hmm. Chicago as Buffalo takes on the Chicago Bears. Oh. Scott, Chicago's got all kinds of injuries, offense and defense. What do you think of the Bills game plan here? You already told us you like Devin Singletary as your take a chance on me runner. 
And Gabe Davis is going to take a chance on the wide receiver. I I have automatic A's on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. You're not benching them, but it's of note. In the last two uh, freezing temp games Josh Allen has played, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. Wow. Which is a lot. It feels like a lot for a two-game span. It is. Uh, One of those went to overtime, so that helps. Um, So I I just have A A grades on them, especially with how dinged up the Bears secondary is, as you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. when we were in that Take a Chance on Me segment. I do have a C grade on Dawson Knox. Had a great game last week. He did have a great game last Uh, week. And he's actually had a really good fantasy day four of the last five games, believe it or not. Uh, Bears are third best against uh, the tight ends this year. However, Knox has four-plus catches in four of his last five and 15 targets in just the last two games alone. He's getting a lot of volume there, so C grade on him there. Um I've mentioned all the bills already somehow. It's amazing. Uh, Over to the other side, I think Justin Fields is an automatic A at this point anyway, just with his rush, just with his rushing, even in this matchup. Now he's but, missing two offensive linemen, including their best. So he Jenkins. has to run around so, the corner well, instead of up the middle. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I mean, I, breakdowns on the line, I don't think really help anybody. I, you no. know, obviously the escapability is, serves him better than many, but. Right. And they'll be behind. Have he'll have to, he'll have to throw. I, I understand the, the hesitancy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have an A grade on him. Cole Komet, I have a C grade on. Three to five catches, basically a lock every week for him. Uh, he's He had a, a stretch in the middle of the season where he was scoring touchdowns at will, and then he was gone for a while. But uh, for the last seven games, he's been a 25 to 40-yard, three to five catch guy, top 70 twice in just the last five weeks. Uh, he's, he's starting to produce there. Bills are fourth best against tight ends, but they are allowing f- about five for 40 per game, which is what Komet gets, and Komet yeah. gets all of it. So... Uh, they have not allowed a touchdown to a tight end, though, since Thanksgiving night of last year. Jeez. So that's, that's a stretch. That's no. a stretch. You might not get the touchdown. No, you're not going to from that from yeah. sound of it. As Matt mentioned last show, with those two linemen out as well, Montgomery and Herbert, I see too much of a split here. I mean, they're, 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 if it was one back, if it was just Montgomery, if Herbert doesn't play, I mean, he's averaging 98 yards a game, taking 18 touches, and Mostert did a lot with his 18 touches. Sullivan Ahmed even got involved last week. Uh, Bam Knight had 77 the week mm-hmm. before. Stevenson 78 the week before. All of those on 16 to 18 touches. Yeah, he might get 10 to 12. Both of them splitting. So I have I have bench grades on both Montgomery and Herbert there. Yeah, I, I just can't start. I can't trust it until I know what Herbert's doing. Herbert officially activated on Friday. Yeah, he's out. I give Montgomery a C though. Yes, if he doesn't uh, play. Denver Broncos take on the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Brian, you already mentioned Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton. But there are a couple other Broncos that people are interested in playing. What about Jerry Judy? Yeah, we'll round out uh, the passing attack first, which I, I do feel will actually be an attack this week How about against that? the Rams, yeah. who are just, again, they are toast. They, they are they're well done, beyond cooked. Uh, I got a B on Jerry Judy over his last five games. He's averaging 75 yards and has scored four times. The Rams are allowing 160 yards per game to wide receivers. That's the 10th most. So uh, let the good times roll. For Jerry Judy, and I think there's going to be some good times for Latavius Murray as well. Had uh, some concerns with a foot injury, but he says he's good to go. I expect him to play. Can give him a B. Had a monster game last week with 142 combo yards and a touchdown. The Rams will remain without Aaron Donald. They're also on a short week after Mm. playing in Green Bay on Monday night. L.A. allowing 129 combo yards per game to opposing running backs. Yes, Marlon Mack will steal some touches. He He vultured a touchdown from Murray Last week, he could end up with two scores, but uh, I like Murray a lot. He gets a B. 
And, uh, yeah, that, no, that's not it. For I, I failed to mention Greg Dulcich, who I have on the bench, actually. Uh, he's topped three catches just once over the last four games with no touchdowns. The Broncos have gone back to more of a, of a platoon at tight end, and the Rams allow just three and a half catches, 41 yards per game, two tight ends. So I got Dulcich on the bench. And over the Rams side, really not a lot to talk about here. Cam oh. Akers, the only player I'll give a starting grade to. If you're desperate, uh, the softest of C's for Cam Akers. You'll likely get around 15 touches from him, which could be serviceable against the Broncos, who are allowing 136 combo yards per game to running backs. But they have surrendered just eight total touchdowns at the position all season. So not a very high floor for Akers. But if you're, if you're needy at running back, he does get the C grade, but all the all the Rams wide receivers, the ones oh, that are left, all dead. benched. Mm-hmm. Tyler Higby, yep. Yep. not a good matchup for him. He's oh. on the bench. Baker Mayfield on the bench. The Rams, no team wants the season to end more than the Rams. <laughs> probably true. That is probably true. Eagles take on the Cowboys in a marquee matchup. That would have meant a lot more if Dak Prescott hadn't thrown the game away last week. Let's start with Miles Sanders. In his last four games, Sanders has five rushing scores and two games with a 143 rushing yards or more. He uh, Sanders has lost five rushing touchdowns to Jalen Hurts in that span, but now Jalen Hurts is out, so you know those rushing touchdowns could easily go to Sanders. In their Week 6 matchup between these teams, Sanders put up 71 yards and a touchdown, and I think that's the minimum that he's going to get here against Dallas. He can improve on that. Here in the last nine games, the Cowboys have allowed a running back to run for at least 72 yards or a touchdown in every game. So, Miles Sanders, A grade in this one. We're not going to start any of the other depth running backs. Let's go to the passing game. A.J. Brown, obvious A play. I like that part for a lot for him. And where this thing gets a lot trickier is with the return of Dallas Goddard. Let's talk him through this. Minshew led Goddard to the best performance of his career in their one game together, Mm -hmm. throwing for six catches, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. So the history suggests that Minshew will look to Goddard. The Cowboys' defense hopes to play spoiler, though. They allow the sixth fewest yards and only one touchdown to tight ends this season. That said, linebacker Leighton Vanderesh was having a great season. He's going to miss this game, and that's going to force rookie Damone Clark onto the field. My only real fear for Dallas Goddard is perhaps a reduced snap count in his first game back, but that's it. So it would be an A grade if you told me he's going to play the whole game. I'm giving him a B grade just to be cautious. Then what about Devonta Smith? He likely gets daggered here by Dallas Goddard's return. Smith was held to 44 or fewer yards in five of the six games before Goddard got hurt. That's a killer. The good news here, though, the Cowboys just benched their fifth-string cornerback, Kelvin Joseph, and it looks like they're going to go to their sixth-string cornerback, something called Nashon Wright, who has never started a game, and he's played 77 coverage snaps in his life. So the matchup is still good enough for Devontae Smith to earn a C grade. And then there's Gardner Minshew himself. I've got an A, a B, and a C grade on his receiving options, so I've got a B grade right in the middle for Gardner Minshew. You're, do, do you still have a little bit of love for Gardner, Gardner Minshew because of all the uh, Chris Conley games you were able to uh, correctly predict yeah, that with Minshew at the Yeah, was stunning, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I was on fire that year with my Chris Conley predictions. Oh, that was that was some <laughs> excellence. Thank you for 20, 2019 Peacocks right That's here. That's right. We're going back. 
Uh, Minshew started one meaningful game last year and a less meaningful Week 18 game, but he performed well in both. He completely had two touchdowns in both games, completed 80% of his passes in the, the meaningful game. Now, undoubtedly, the Cowboys are going to attack and rush Gardner Minshew. By the way, this is the number one pass rush de- defense against mm-hmm. the number two pass rush defense in the league. Um, they're going to pressure him a ton. But the Dallas secondary is garbage outside of Trayvon Diggs. And as I mentioned, they're going to be starting a six-string cornerback in this game. I don't think their safeties are any good. This matchup is filled with opportunities for Gardner Minshew to exploit B-grade. Gardner Minshew. The Jalen Hurts injury, in my opinion, one of the biggest injuries in fantasy football history, considering how blindsided we are. Yeah. We're about because he finished the game against the Bears, he did. and you're yeah. just like, who knew? Oh, it, it's Absolutely. affected me a lot. Oh, I, I got Hurts all over the place. Remember, he was my number two ranked quarterback coming into this year. At the time, that was controversial. Tony Pollard and Zeke get B grades in this game. In the eight games when Pollard has handled at least 12 carries, he averages 93 yards and six scores, and he's going to get the 12 carries here um, because the Eagles are very hard to throw upon. But the worry here for both Pollard and Zeke, Elephantine rookie defensive tackle Jordan Davis has been awesome. Since Davis returned from injury three weeks ago, no back has topped 53 yards against them. Zeke has the advantage of goal line carries and a safe floor. And he's managed at least 42 yards in every game this year. So I've got B grades on both guys, but I contemplated C grades because of the Jordan Davis factor in this one. Let's talk about the passing game next. Dak Prescott has thrown some ugly interceptions, but mostly we don't get penalized too much for that. For fantasy use, Prescott's been a reliable starter with touchdowns in every game and multiple touchdowns in six of the past seven. But this is Prescott's toughest matchup of the year. Dallas's outside receivers have brutal matchups against the league's best duo of cornerbacks, Darius Slay and James Bradbury. And I've only got a C grade on Dak Prescott mm. in this game. CeeDee Lamb gets a B grade. Philadelphia owns this guy in five career games. His high watermark is five catches for 68 yards. And in those five games, CeeDee Lamb has scored once. I think they're going to, he runs from the slot and most often he'll face cornerback Avante Maddox, who is now returned from injury. And he's very good in eight games. Maddox is allowing just 40 yards per game and is not allowed a touchdown this year. Just the beast be great on CD lamb in this one. Um, Michael Gallup and Noah Brown on the bench and in the playoffs. They are spot starters anyway. And even in good matchups, they're spot starters. We're not chasing Noah Brown's touchdown from last week. Uh, Dalton Schultz gets a C grade here. He's been an all-or-nothing fantasy producer all year, exemplified by the last two weeks, a blow-up game, and then last week, just two catches for 15 yards. The Eagles' tight end defense has been awesome since Week 9, allowing a paltry per-game average of four catches, 33 yards, and 0.1 touchdowns per game. Um, I'll note that when these teams met last time, Dalton Schultz backup ended up with a touchdown in that game uh ferguson jake ferguson uh and dalton schultz didn't play that game so maybe you could use that as a, mm. a glimmer of hope here yeah. but i don't i don't love this matchup nope when we come back our final block of games including the tampa bay buccaneers and the arizona cardinals i already told you i really like tom brady mm-hmm. in this game scott will tell you about which receivers you can play when we come back to fantasy football weekly This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Final segment, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I am at Paul Charchi and Scott is at ScottFish24 and Brian is at B-T-X-J. Nobody knows what the T and the X is. It's very, very secretive. Totally extreme. <laughs> no, I've, I've sort of told the story. T stands is my middle initial, and X was my my confirmation name. If you're, I didn't say right? I did not know this. I've not heard this story. And you, you were supposed to pick your confirmation name like based on this book of saints. And I was a, a wise ass shocker, right, in seventh grade. And I, I went with with Xavier because I was a Knicks fan, and Xavier McDaniel was oh, one of my favorite okay. players. All and, right. I went up in that front works. of I went in front of the, the class and was like and that's why and uh, I probably got whacked with a, like, yeah, the a ruler. ruler to get the yeah. nuns hit you with the ruler at that point. But again, well, it wasn't private school, so they could or uh, I didn't go to Catholic school. It was just like a Sunday thing you had to do. But and then it was just kind of like my my screen name, gamer tag, whatever you want, and there you go. There's there's a history of BTXJ. BTXJ. There it is on Twitter. And it is for sale for anyone who does want to buy. <laughs> I'm waiting for that stock stock VTXJ stock ticker or something. I will I will I will consider all offers. Sounds like a crypto company. <laughs> it does, it does sound like a crypto company. Well, that's, well, that's well, a, they don't have any money. Go bankrupt. They yes. can't afford my Twitter handle. <laughs> How much is Dogecoin worth these days? Yeah, it's like seven cents. It's not seventy anymore. No, certainly not. Uh, can you sell short on crypto? Does it work that way? Doesn't matter. I don't think Tampa so. Bay takes on Arizona. Scott, we already we like. I love Tom Brady. Yeah, I think Tom Brady's sitting on a big game here. I mentioned Arizona maybe out four starting cornerbacks yeah. in this game. Yep. So, which of the receivers do you like? I like Chris Godwin, who I have an A grade on with eight plus catches in three of the last four. 
Uh, six plus in all but one game since returning from injury in week four. That's a, that's a lot of volume. Team target leader, red zone target leader, uh, which is crazy despite missing two games. Cardinals are allowing a 73% completion rate against them. Wow. And Brady, if he continues to throw it 50 plus times, that's like 35 targets this right around. Uh, Godwin's seen eight plus in nine straight. A grade on him. Uh, you already mentioned the Arizona defense. I, I don't need to go much into it, except they've allowed eight wide receiver touchdowns in the last five games prior to the bye. And two of those games, the ones where they shut down the quarterback and receiving options were Mac Jones and Brett Ripien. So wow. <laughs> the other wow. teams they're 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 letting it up. Uh Mike Evans, I have a B grade on. I know he hasn't scored since like six years ago, it feels like at this point. I know it's been like eight, nine, ten games, nine games, yeah, ten games, long, yeah. something like that. If you're gonna build um, an all bus team, not counting injury, he's Evan him, the wide receiver. receiver. He's Kamara, the him and Kamara, back. Him, Kamara Kyle Wilson Pitts is the Russell Wilson. Well, well Pitts has got hurt, so he's not allowed to do that. <laughs> He, he was heart, he was Ryan. he was uh, leading the charge, but he's a wide receiver. We all know that. Yeah, Mike Evans has been under sixty yards for five straight weeks until last week. Uh, he's he has averaged ten targets per game in that stretch, and he hasn't been scoring. I think regression comes this week, and he find positive regression. He gets he gets that B grade. He finally gets in the end zone. Should I guarantee another end zone? I'm not yeah, going to do should. it. Not going to go that bold. Bring it. It sounds like Julio Jones is going to play and that makes Russell Gage and Julio Jones not startable anymore. Um, they're borderline unusable when they both play. Uh, he has eight for, uh, this is Russell Gage had eight for 83 and two scores last week on five red zone targets, uh, but plays uh, 60 to 70%, 76% of the snaps in every game without Jones. But when Jones is in, he takes the back seat to Jones uh, in, yeah. in all those categories. And Jones does nothing with the, the volume he gets. So they're both on the bench. Kate Otten and uh, Cameron Brait is very annoying to me. The Cards given up 10 tight end touchdowns this year. A tight end has 70 plus yards and or scored in 11 of their 14 games. Wow. It's just a great spot, but they're splitting so much. Otten is the better pass catcher, but Braid has double the targets that Otten does in the last very two weeks. Uh, Otten's snap count is higher. He's everything about it is, or, I'm sorry, uh, Braid's, Brate is doubling Otten's snap count. Brate is just in there, and Otten's not getting enough work. I have them both on the bench, but Otten is an interesting dart throw in a great matchup as a better pass catcher. It's just really tough. I have them both on the bench. Rashad White, I have a B grade on. The Cards have allowed four running back touchdowns in just the last two weeks and allow the seventh most running backs on the year. Every 15 touchback, every single running back with 15 touches uh, against the Arizona Cardinals, Excuse me, had to take a breath. Topped 80 yards, and almost all of them scored. So that's a good spot for Rashad White, who's getting that pretty much every week recently. Uh, he's hit, he's hit that we that mark four weeks in a row. Far more efficient and effective than Leonard Fournette. They're both pass great pass catchers. Rashad White was in college. That's that's what we thought yeah. the role would be. Fournette's taken it back the last couple of weeks, which is really annoying. But it's just enough to give Fournette the C grade as a guy who gets double digit touches and four to six catches every week. Um, he's been leading in snaps to of the last three that lock for 10 plus touches in the past volume i'm giving him a c as well on the other side i have mcsorley on the bench i i don't think i need no, to you don't need to expand he, on why he, trace mcsorley is not going to power he's, that he's played three quarters and thrown three interceptions 
<laughs> um, anyway, I do have DeAndre Hopkins with a C grade. He still managed to put up stats in both those games somehow. Last week, he amassed three catches for 28 yards with McSorleyan. Okay. But he did have seven targets and one in the end zone, and he got a target on the two-point conversion. Like, maybe there's something there. He's getting the volume for McSorley. He's barely, barely startable. Um, but I still have a C grade, like a really iffy C grade dart throw also, grade. Also known on, as a C grade. Yes, on, a C grade. On Hopkins. On DeAndre Hopkins. None of the other receivers have nope, startable. No, nope, but James Conner, I do have a B grade on. Conner has 19 plus touches in four of his last five, scored in all five games, averaging three catches in the, in that stretch. He's he's had QB issues, but he's stayed consistent. His pass game work and likelihood to score uh, should keep him had, at a B as they lean on the ground and to try to keep Brady off the field and try to mix, keep McSorley from throwing the ball. Mm. Um, of note, four backs have had 16 or more touches on the bat on the Bucks, which Connor should easily get. All topped 100 yards and all of them scored. So all four of them. I mean, it's just four, but be great on James Connor. Chargers take on the Colts, Brian, and you already mentioned uh, Josh Kelly as your take a chance on me running back. Austin Eckler, I think, is pretty obvious. More interesting. This Chargers passing game against what has been a very good Indianapolis pass defense this year. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Uh, Eckler, easy A. You know, he's, he really gets to the Fonzie. You might as well fire up oh, that, that Fonzie yeah, button if you got it, it handy. Um, I won't get into that. Uh, over to the passing game, we'll give Keenan Allen and Mike Williams a B, though. The Colts have surrendered six wide receiver touchdowns over the last two games, and they could be without cornerbacks Kenny Moore, the second and safety Brandon Faison. So a B. For Allen and Williams, Josh Palmer I have on the bench, though, as uh, I have, as do I have Gerald Everett on the bench. That was not very properly worded. Uh, <laughs> Everett only ran 28 routes last week in the return of Donald Parham, our boy Donald Parham. We yeah. love him on this show, which was the least routes Everett has run since week five, which was the last time Donald Parham was healthy. Oh, so that's, that. that, that's no coincidence yeah. in my mind. Uh, the Colts have also not allowed an opposing tight end to top Five catches or 58 yards all season. So Everett on the bench in week 16. Uh, but you're not going to bench Justin Herbert, the Air Bear. <sighs> he hasn't thrown a touchdown, I believe, in the last three weeks. But he does have 300-plus passing yards uh, in three straight games. I'm still going to give him the A here. Uh, I mentioned the Colts could be without two key members of their secondary. They've also surrendered seven touchdown passes over their last two games. So I will give Air Bear the A. Over to the Colts side, not a ton to talk about here. We'll start at the running backs. Deion Jackson was your take a chance on me runner charge. Yeah. And I'll also give Zach Moss a C. Uh, they should pretty much split the work here in a very good matchup. Jackson, the preferred pass catching back most likely, but uh, still a C for Moss against the Chargers, who have allowed the second most rushing touchdowns and the second most rushing yards to opposing running backs. And the only other Colt I will give a starting grade to is Michael Pittman. Going to give him a C. Over the Chargers' last four games, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and Tyreek Hill all had big games against L.A. The one team that whose number one wide receiver failed to have a big game was Tennessee last year, but we're talking Robert Woods or Racy mm-hmm. McMath. Uh, Traylon, Burks. <laughs> Traylon Burks was even playing, so Pittman gets the C. It might have been a B if Matt Ryan was the quarterback, but he's been benched in favor of Nick Foles, so that's why just the C for Pittman. Foles on the bench, of course, along with Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, all five, 
tight ends on the Colts. I know. So many of them. Well, next year oh. it's just going to be one, Jelani Woods. Let's hope so. It's the only tight end they're even going to roster. By the way, I feel bad for By the way, Ryan, right? Kyle Granson might Matt not Ryan play. Remember the last time Kyle Granson didn't play? Jelani Woods. Giants. Two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that's the case here. But there's, there's a dart. And Matt Ryan there. did get a raw deal. He did not lose that Viking game. No. That was not on Matt Ryan at all. Mm-mm. Nor did he lose the Super Bowl against the Patriots, but that's all he's going to be remembered for now is it's this Vikings game. and the... fault, and they bench him. <laughs> yeah. I think that's Brutal. terrible. Uh, Packers take on the, the Miami Dolphins in Miami. If this game had been in Green Bay, it had been played at a kickoff temperature of like negative three. So we dodged that bullet, I guess. So let's talk. Uh, let's start with the running game. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Uh, AJ Dillon expected to play. By the way, did not finish last week's game, but should be available here. Um, they're getting more work of late, and I like both in this game. Although it is a tough matchup, Week Six was the last time a running back reached 70 rushing yards against Miami. That is a streak of eight games. But the Dolphins have given up nine scores to running backs in that time, nine and that includes nine four times. receiving touchdowns in the last three weeks alone. That tilts the scales here a little bit to Dylan. It's not receiving touchdowns; those four total touch, uh, three, uh, four touchdowns the last three weeks. It tilts the scale to Dylan, who's got a three to one margin on carries over Jones. But I still got B grades on both guys. But it is an uphill matchup for both, and we need some receptions. I hate to interrupt this matchup, but I think we got some time. I just going to go back to the Titans wide receivers that we talked about. Yeah. Guess who led them in catches last week? Chris Conley. <laughs> Was it really? <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> Three Back catches. Conley. Had I, one I more than Rodgers. <laughs> I don't know. You missed the missed the I mark missed on my that opportunity. one. Uh, let's go to Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mentioned that Dylan and Jones are getting more of the work of late, and they're ratcheting down the work on Aaron Rodgers significantly. His downfield passing, which is the kind of passing fantasy players need, is becoming increasingly rare and increasingly inaccurate for Aaron Rodgers. And the volume has dropped significantly, likely because Matt LaFleur is intentionally mitigating Rodgers' impact. Over the last month, Rodgers' attempts have dropped from 35 per game down to just 27. It is hard to find bankable fantasy success on 27 short passes. And that's what Rodgers is giving you. Miami's pass defense? Well, prior to getting rocked by elite passers Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, the previous seven quarterbacks averaged a very modest 217 yards and one and a half touchdowns, which is almost exactly what Rodgers has averaged over the last month. So that's what I think you're going to get here, and that's just a C grade for Aaron Rodgers. The only starting pass catcher I've got for the Packers is Christian Watson, a touchdown-dependent receiver on a team that's throwing less and less often against a defense that doesn't give up many wide receiver scores. Over the last five weeks, five weeks, the Dolphins have allowed one score to a wide receiver. And only two receivers have topped 60 Only yards. once in the last five weeks? That's it. Wow. That's it. So I've only got the C grade on Christian, Christian Watson. All the other pass catchers are dead. Zero consistency from anybody. And particularly Alan Lazard, apparently battling leprosy because his arms may have well fallen off. They don't even throw to him anymore. It's very it's sad weird. what's it's happening weird. to him here. Yeah. It is. It's very weird. Let's go to the Miami side. Is that what happens to lepers? Their, their arms fall off? <laughs> the limbs all Eventually oh, everything okay. falls off in time. <laughs> I think it starts with uh, I think it starts with the arms. Let's go to the run. Let's start with the running game. Raheem Mostert looks like he's salted away the starting job with a fantastic performance last week in a much tougher spot at Buffalo. Um, and Jeff Wilson not fully healthy let, yet. We're not even sure he's going to play in this game. He'll face a Packers team allowing the third most yards per carry, five per game, five per carry. Plus, 
you know, I got to believe that Moser and Mike McDaniel would love to duplicate what they did last time they played the Packers, a playoff game featuring 220 yards from Raheem Mostert and four scores in that 2020 playoff game. Um, if Jeff Wilson does not go, we're going to we're gonna move Raheem Mostert up to an A grade. Right now he's sitting at a B grade under the assumption Jeff Wilson will be there. But Wilson shouldn't be a big factor in this game. Um, he hasn't topped 13 carries or 39 yards since before Thanksgiving. So just the, we're going to have a bench grade on Wilson whether he plays or not. Let's go to the passing game. Tua Tungo Vailoa is a B grade, a somewhat had a somewhat better game last week in Buffalo. Uh, but I don't blame anybody who's nervous about him in a matchup against an equally erratic and sometimes very good Green Bay secondary. The Packers shut down Baker Mayfield and Justin Fields passing, which we expect. Prior to that, they had allowed multiple passing touchdowns in six straight games. I think Tua could get to two here. B grade on Tua. Tyreek Hills continues to get an A grade, and that probably doesn't require a lot of expansion here. He will match up a lot against Jair Alexander, who grades 11th best among all cornerbacks by Pro Football Focus. So it's not an easy matchup, but Tyreek's elite, and you're still going to start him, and I'm still giving him an A grade. Jalen Waddle, B grade. Outside cornerback Rasul Douglas has struggled lately. He's allowed four touchdowns in his coverage, three of which have come in the last four games. Plus, he's giving up a massive 82% catch rate in Jeez. that stretch. So, Jalen Waddle finally reached pay dirt last week. I think he gets another solid game here, and I've got a B grade on Jalen Waddle. Mm. Uh, that about wraps it up. This is a big semifinals game, uh, and next week we'll be talking to those playing for the championship. And hopefully other people who keep kept listening. Other people not, who kept listening. Not just not just champions. Yeah, you can just, always keep listening. Yeah, just keep listening. By the way, we're around all year. We're 52 weeks yes. a year at Fantasy Football Weekly, not just in season. So even after we're done with our, our longer in-game uh, episodes that continue through week 17, we will, will be back with more and more fantasy information every week on Fantasy Football Weekly. Best of luck in the playoffs, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits. LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. 
From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.